Welcome to the Real Estate Answers Podcast, brought to you by Real Living Home Realty Group. Kevin Gunn, Director of General Brokerage, brings you all the burning questions you've been wondering about in real estate, from market trends to investor secrets. Kevin shares his experience with you. So last week, power of a schedule, how to time block, and we talked about prospecting. What is passive prospecting? What versus active or proactive prospecting. So actively, and remember what we kind of joked around with last week, right? Because when I asked you guys this question, you guys filled up this column real quick. And then when I asked you, where do you guys honestly live? You all kind of said, yeah, we're over here, right? So we have expires, open houses, door knocking, cold calls, Popeyes, Fizbo's, personal sphere, business mixers, passively is your online, your print, social media, your billboards, promotional items, social networks, and email. There's probably some more things in there, but that's you get the gist of, of what we're talking about, right? So we all know that if you wanna be a productive agent and a successful agent, you cannot live over here. You can, but it's gonna cost you a lot of money, all right? Remember the example of uh, the agent up, I think she's up in Connecticut there. She spends $160,000 a year in postcards. Now she makes $800,000 a year, but when you ask her what she does, she's very honest. She says, I'm in the, the direct mail business. I'm not in the real estate business. And you are at that point, because that's a, that's a machine. That's a job, okay? So for those of you that don't have $160,000 to just spend on postcards, we gotta be over here if you wanna be successful. And remember, I'm not telling you not to do these things. These are important, right? But you have to keep them in perspective of what's going to generate your business. I have great examples of this just this past week. I'll give those to you in a second. So we know what we need to do, right? And you can't do all these things all the time. You have to pick two or three things that you think fits your, you know, your personality for one. Not everybody here is a cold caller. Not everybody here is a door knocker. That's fine, but what are you doing, okay? You have to have two or three of these things if you're gonna be successful, you have to. So what are those things and how are you gonna go about attacking it, right? Now, this is where all that information I've been emailing you guys over the last couple of weeks comes into play. And I haven't gotten to everybody's subdivisions yet, but I will, right? So now what we have to worry ourselves with, you know what your mode is, all right? You know we have the contacts now to go out there and get them, if that's your method. Now the whole thing is, what do you say? What is it that you need to get across to somebody? And that's where all this comes in. So the first sheet I really wanna pay attention to is the first sheet, the colorful one. And this is called Universal Responses. Right, so we're gonna work on this a little bit. And remember, yes, last week's class really was when we go over scheduling and, and, and getting your mind wrapped around what is gonna work and what is not, it's all really geared to, to get your mindset correct. Right, because too many agents get into this business with the wrong mindset. They think they can just live over here. They got a license now. I'll throw out my house on social media and it'll sell. Anybody here sold a house on Facebook yet? Instagram, LinkedIn? Nope, don't expect it to either. Okay, so getting your mind wrapped around what is going to work and what is not going to work. Now, again, I'm not saying don't use them, right? You can use them productively, but this has to be secondary. This has to be first. When I say you need a prospect for two and a half hours a day or two hours, you gotta be over here. This is the stuff you do in the afternoon. This is the fluff, right? This makes you look good. The amount of success that you're gonna have in business is really one thought away. It really is. And it's just changing your mind a little bit about what will work and what will not work. 
And we're seeing this in our office right now with a couple agents, right? The light bulb came on and they found a niche. They're now calling people with a purpose and boom, they're about to throw up five or seven listings in the next week, okay? They have a niche, they found it, right? And now they're actively, proactively going after it because they're calling. They're not emailing, they're not texting. Oh, texting. Again, I'm not telling you not to do it, but I'm still gonna say it's passive because there's no direct communication. So in order to get your mind wrapped around what it really does take to be successful in this business, right? It really starts with, it starts up here. You gotta start changing your mind about really what is my job? What is it that I need to go out and do? And how do I go, how do I go out and attack that, right? Um, and all of you are gonna attack this differently. That's fine. It, it's whatever you wanna do. Now, if you came to me and say, well, I'm really just gonna work mostly FISBOs, I would probably challenge you because there's just not enough of them to really support you. Um, same thing with expireds. How many expireds are there every day? 10 to 13, most of them pieces of land. Are you really gonna go after all that? Now, if you're Brad or Brittany right now, yes, you are. But they have a niche now, they have a builder, right? They know how to advertise. They know how to get in front of those people and get that property marketed. So what do you say to people? So I wanted to first go over these universal um, responses, right? And I want you guys to really, as we go through this, think about what you're saying. We're gonna talk about not just what you're saying, but how you say it. Right? And these universal responses are called universal because they work everywhere. Doesn't matter if you are door knocking, cold calling, at your kid's baseball game and just happen to run into somebody that has you know, a real estate need or, or a real estate objection, right? So they work everywhere. And the more you can burn these into your mind, you're gonna train yourself to spot those opportunities and come right in with the stuff that needs to be said, right? One thing I think most people here are probably guilty of, including myself, is we wanna overcomplicate everything right? Our job, everything. Prospecting, what it really is, what it's not, right? It's very simple, actually. And the more condensed you can make it, and the quicker you can get through it, the more sales you're actually going to do. Because the longer you take, and some of you that have been on listing appointments before know this, the longer it takes sometimes, the less chance you actually have of getting a signature. You can take too much time sometimes doing something. So first, let's go over these universal responses, and then we're gonna talk about where you can and can't, or should not use these. And again, you're gonna find some examples of conversations where this might not work, but again, the majority of time, these are gonna work. These go in order, by the way. So when you say universal response, you'll notice the columns. We're gonna go from here, and then we're just gonna keep moving over. So, first one, that's exactly why people like you hire me. What are you getting across with that right away with somebody? I'm the leader here, I'm this problem solver, right? Where can you use this dialogue? Anywhere, and expired, right? They're sitting there complaining to you, you know? Yeah, I was on this, sat on the market for you know, six months, didn't get any action, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's exactly why, pause. People like you hire me. Why is the pause important? Like if you just run through the sentence without any pauses, you're, you're, you're not really getting across anything other than you're trying to get through a sentence, right? Pauses are important whenever you're using verbal scripting because it's, it creates a moment in their mind where they're waiting for the next thing when you pause like that. You don't wanna to pause too long because you don't want them to talk. The, the more you say, the less they say, the better when you're scripted, seriously. All right, this is where we talk about condensing, condensing, shorten the sales process, get signatures. The more you allow them to go on and on and on, you're, you're gonna lose it at that point. So that's exactly why people like you hire me. Where else could you use that other than expired? Anybody. 
anybody voicing a frustration with real estate in general, right? They they had their house on the market, they took it off, and now it's been you know on off the market for three months. Doesn't matter, right? And they're sitting there explaining to you their frustrations, what they're going through. You have to go right in there with this. It makes you an authoritative figure on the matter. And I've always told you guys here, right? It doesn't matter if you've sold zero homes or a hundred homes. You act as if you've sold a hundred homes. So when you say these things, you have to practice this. You have to get the inflections right because you have to come across as the authority and the leader. Remember, sales is the art of persuasion and your job is to lead people to the decision. That's why they need you. That's what they're hiring you for. You're the expert. You have the license. They don't. Some of them might think they're the experts, right? We've all, that's your FISBOs, right? And how many of them have eventually come aboard? You know, I mean, I think Kate sold two last year. It took them a year before they finally gave in. And again, it's, it, and I don't remember if I told you guys this last week, but I want you to write this down, please. Everything I do today is not for today. It's for five to 10 years from now. Everything I do today is not for today, and you can say it's for five to 10 years from now, or you can say, or it's for some time in the future, whatever you want to say, but get your mind trained to the point where when people, when you go after something and you don't get it, it's okay. You will, you will get it, all right? You go, you go attack a FISBO, how many FISBOs are just gonna say, oh, thank God you're here. Can I, can I sign that agreement right now? It's not gonna happen, right? How did Kate get the two in here though? A year it took, continuously touching, every once in a while, not being in their face, but continuously touching, right? There's a, an agent that almost came on board with us and she's a fantastic agent. She's down in Pauly's Island. She has one of the best FISBO strategies I've ever seen, right? You know those little things that you put in the yard, like information boxes? Mm -hmm. She goes to them with the box and offers to print flyers for the house and so that the homeowner always has information box like right there that people can take, right? Do you think that that makes an impression to the homeowner though? You didn't ask for the listing. You just said, you know what? This is something that might help move your house a little bit quicker. Can I go ahead and put some information together? And if I bring you a buyer, so yeah, her face is on the information packet, right? But I mean, you, you showed value to somebody. You do that over enough times over a course of a, you know, hopefully not a year, but if it takes a year, so what, it takes a year, right? Most FISBOs actually do take six months before they see the light. So it's not a short game, all right? So. That's one script that you can use, universal script, no matter what situation you're in. Next one, that's exactly why you and I need to meet immediately. Same thing, what does that get across to somebody? Urgency, who are you gonna use that on? This can actually be used so many different ways. Expired, it could work on a FISBO if you got them on the phone. What about for buyers? What if you found somebody that's looking? Great example, my neighbor's right below me came up to me just this weekend. Their, their lease is up in July, okay? So they wanna get out by July. Well, that's, that's not a whole lot of time. First thing I asked, are you pre-approved? No, we haven't done that. All right, well then we gotta meet up immediately because we gotta get the process going here, right? There's a ton of ways you could use this. That's why you and I need to meet immediately. Create the sense of urgency to where they feel like they have to, oh man, yeah, we, we do, we gotta get, you know. Sales is, again, the art of persuasion. And the more you learn it, and the more you actually study it, the easier you find that it is to really get people to agree to what you're saying. It's all in how you say it, right? It's no different than a door knock or anything like that. You know, if you go up there with authority and know what you're talking about, 
your, your chances of success are much greater. If you go up there and just say, hi, hi, hi you know, you're done, right? You were done in the first two seconds. I think there's a book actually that's called what? You have for three seconds or something like that? It's true, you have three seconds to get across really your authority in the matter, subject matter. They're gonna sense that right away, whether you have it or whether you don't. So that's exactly why, or, or you know, again, again, when you have scripts, people, please understand, I'm not sitting here telling you to read them out verbatim, but you wanna get across the main points here. You want to come across as the authority figure on real estate because you are. You did go to the class, you did pass the test, you know more than most people know. So you have every right to feel like you have the confidence and the authority to help guide somebody to a situation, right? That's exactly why, underline why, you and I need to meet, underline meet, immediately. That's exactly why you and I need to meet immediately. You're emphasizing the why. You're gonna see that very consistently through here, which words you're gonna emphasize. When, so when you're practicing these, you have this in front of you, know which words need inflection, which ones are, you know, when your voice actually needs to go down, right? So that's exactly why you and I need to meet immediately. So those are two universal responses to almost any situation in real estate. Now you're moving over to the problem, question, or an information deficit, right? So, and again, what you're gonna find as you go through these is you're gonna find a niche for yourself as far as what works and what doesn't. But what you're doing is you're gonna use one universal response because you're not gonna repeat two of them to somebody. You're gonna use one of these in problem question info deficits. Then you're gonna go on to the tie down and then reconnect with their motivation. And I'm actually gonna add another one at the very bottom here, which is your close, which is very simple. There's one close. So next one, I specialize in getting homes like yours shown and sold quickly for the most a buyer is willing to pay. All right, so you're emphasizing the word what? Quickly. quickly. Why are you emphasizing the word quickly? Urgency. You're hitting an emotion, right? Everything you're gonna hit here, these underlying words are emotions that you're tapping into. All right, where is this gonna work? Expires, even just a regular listing agreement, and just out and about, you know? I mean, think about it. Now run the two together, right? That's exactly why you and I need to meet immediately. I specialize in getting homes like yours shown and sold quickly for the most a buyer is willing to pay. Boom, you just put two of them together. This whole thing when you're done with it and you're fluent with it, 10 seconds. Shouldn't take more than 10 seconds. This is what you're getting across quickly. Condense it. Don't leave room for, don't leave space for conversation. You're trying to get an appointment. Remember what I said when you pre-book appointments? But be careful getting all excited because that's all you booked was an appointment. You didn't get a listing, you got an appointment. You're just trying to get appointments. You're trying to get in front of people right now. I tried this this morning and failed actually, by the way. I have a, there's a guy that walks in our office, used to all the time. He lives in Monarch. He's always asking me the same question. What's the, what's the universal question agents are asked? How's the market, all right? And I've been telling this guy the market for almost two years now. And he just randomly showed up today and he doesn't really come in much anymore. It's probably been four or five months. And he's like, I can't believe these houses, what they're, what they're going for and how quickly they're leaving. They're going right now in market common, right? So we were going right into this conversation. I was actually using this, right? Because he keeps telling me he's two to three years out, right? And he's like, you know, and he has every objection. Well, you know, I don't want to pay the capital gains. Well, what's, what's your objection handler for capital gain? Because if you do hold your house for two out of five, you don't have to pay capital gains. But what's the answer to that? What else can you do to avoid capital gains? 
Yeah, 1031 exchange your house. So I had the opportunity and I was sitting there really, you know I, know, I know this guy now. I mean, his name's John. He's very nice, you know, but I'm sitting there trying to urge the fact like, hey, man, there are, they are going quick because there's a lot of buyers in here right now and, and the values have gone up a little bit crazy. So, um, but again, you know, never, never be attached to the, to the end result because the end result is going to be no a lot. And you got to be okay with that. I told you guys that last week, right? How many appointments did I get out of 20 phone calls? Three. Okay. I'm okay with that. I, would I have been okay with if I got one? Yep. Because it's one more than I had. And had I not been actively or proactively prospecting, I would not have got that. Now, have I gotten some this way? I have, yeah. But this is quicker. Much quicker. Next one. This is a powerful one, and this is where we're going to um, really, really test your confidence here. Okay? So let's just say you already use one of the universal responses, right? That's exactly why people like you hire me. So this is definitely, obviously, for an expired, if you happen to get one on the phone. So you're going to say, while your home languished on the market for six months and acquired the stigma of an expired listing, I sold X amount of homes. Now, if you have sold zero homes, are you going to sit there and say, I've sold zero homes? No. So what are you going to say? My company sold X amount of dollars. Use dollars, use homes, whatever, whatever you're more conf confident with, right? This is a $50 million company, so how, do the math. Six months is how much? $25 million. So while your home languished and acquired the stigma of an expired listing, our company did $25 million worth of business. You might even want to say we closed. Our company closed $25 million worth of business. Now, if you want to relate that to homes, use homes. Our company closed on 37 homes. I think at this point in our, in your, I think the dollar amount means more than the number of units, but you use whatever you're comfortable with. And some agents are going to have enough backing to say, hey, you know, I, I closed 20 homes. But this is, a, this is where it's going to test your confidence level because you've got to be able to say that proudly. Right? And everybody starts from somewhere. So, I mean, you can't assume everybody, you know, nobody walks in with a bunch of homes sold. So use the company. I've told you that before. Whenever in doubt, use the company's numbers. Say my team. Say my company. Say what? Say we. I don't care what you say. The number is the more important thing because if somebody's saying that to you, what are you going to remember out of the conversation? The number. That means everything. And how many people are going to verify it anyways? Zero. They don't, have the, they don't have the access to verify it. Don't lie, please. Yeah. All right? Don't, don't, don't say, you know, I, we've sold 100 homes. We have not sold 100 homes. All right? But you can say, look, realistically, is it embellishing a little bit? Yeah. We're a $40, $50 million company, so just cut it in half. Six months of business. There it is. All right? Is that a, not a powerful statement if you're talking to somebody whose house just expired? Right? You brought it right back and, 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 and hit them where it hurts almost. Right? You, you don't want to hurt anybody, but you do want to say, you know, you want to bring back the situation that they didn't like. Your home didn't sell. So while your home languished on the market for six months and acquired the stigma, underlying stigma, because it did, is that a lie? No. While it acquired the stigma of an expired listing, our company closed on $20 million worth of real estate. What does that statement give you again? Authority. Competence, authority. And with all of these things, what are you really doing here? You're leading them. You're the leader here. You need to be the leader with your clients. We've talked about that before too. Some of you that have these clients taking you every which way because you're not leading them. 
you're not setting up the expectation, right? Well, I forget who it was, but when I said you need to be prospecting from these hours to these hours, no emails, no phone, no, you know, no other outside craziness, somebody had said, well, well, yeah, but some people might need me. Well, then you didn't set the expectation right. I'm sorry, I get back to everybody between one and two o'clock. It is what it is. You can either, you can avoid it, you can make every excuse in the book not to do it, and then you're not gonna be a productive agent. It's okay, make the choice. Don't schedule your closings for 10 o'clock. Going forward, if you've already got it, you've already got it. Time block around it. Look, if the attorney comes back and says we have to close at 10.30, then you close at 10.30. You just time block. You have some leverage over the closing. Okay. You do. But again, that's setting up expectations and leading your client. Make something up as to why one o'clock is a great time to close. Let's get this done at one o'clock. That way we'll get, you know, it'll go record. We'll get the keys, blah, blah. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, you, you can have every excuse in the world not to do these things in the morning. Every excuse. And that's fine. But then you, you have to accept what the results are then. It's true. You close at 12, 1 o'clock, it's going to be recorded. You'll get the keys. Again, expectation. Lead the client. Explain them. Do I, I would never recommend you close at 4 o'clock. Ever. Not here. Not the way we do it. Right? But by 12, 1 o'clock, you're fine. Time block. If you already got it, if that's the only time they have, you just time block and move stuff around. That's it. Time blocking is crucial and key to your schedule. I'll show you mine. I mean, I showed it to you last week. There's lines all over the place. Boom. Here. I have highlights. That happens here. Done. Right? And I stay on it to the best of my ability. It's not perfect. Nobody's going to ever hold to something five straight days out of a week. But the excuses are what will derail you. And the next thing you know, your two and a half hours of prospecting went down to 30 because you're off in la-la land answering emails that don't pertain to anything, right? Or on Facebook, promoting just listed, which nobody cares about. So, I mean, perspective. Keep it. Keep your schedule. Train yourself to keep your schedule, right? I told you I had to have an uncomfortable conversation with my wife about this. Don't call me unless it's an emergency until about 1 o'clock. Don't do it. If it's an emergency, call the office. Right? Because she gets upset that I don't respond to texts and all that. It, my, my phone's over there. I'm not, I'm not worried about that. I'm doing something else. You know? And then I get the hello with the big question marks, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but to be fair, after I explain it to her, she's fine. So explain to people, this is my time. I don't respond to emails. Put it, put it at the bottom of your email signature. I respond to all emails between this time. How many emails are really that crucial that you have to get back to them right away? 99% are not. They can wait. How many of you actually respond to emails anyways? Hell, how many of you respond to my emails? Nobody. So I mean, that shows you right there. And that's the thing. I mean, everybody will sit there and tell you they want to be a, a successful agent. They want all the money in the world. They want all these things. And then you say, okay, well, here, here's how you do it. Uh, uh, well, I can't because, because, because. There's tons of because. And it's no different than the pathway class that some of you went through, right? It's the roadmap is handed to you, but you, I can't drive, the, can't drive the car for you. You actually have to go through and do these steps. All right, my job at this point is to try to keep you more on track, right? Remember the difference between stopping and quitting. You're all gonna stop at some point. I stop, I stop doing things. The question is, did you get right back on track? How long did it take you to get back on track? Every time you stop, the, the, the time, the distance between getting back on track needs to be shorter and shorter and shorter. Now you've created a really powerful habit. Right? You cannot not have me get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. It ain't going to happen. That's just instilled in me now. And if I'm not in bed by 9, I'm a little cranky. 
because that's my time. But when I get driven off to do something crazy, I'm like, eh, you know, but I don't care if I go to bed at 12, I'm up at 5. I have to be, right? You have to develop habits. I'm not telling you to get up at 5. I'm just saying you have to instill these, these habits. So let's keep marching through this. The third one down. Would you agree that the sale of your home is a very important business transaction? Let's stop right there. How many agents actually approach the real estate business like that? How many people convey to the seller that this is a business transaction? Very, very few. I had this conversation with the people in Pauley's Island who want me to list their house, right? And I was very honest with them. I said, look, from the time that we list the house, I'm not really your friend anymore, okay? This is a business transaction. And I even drew out the little love meter. Like, you're going to love me here for the first month. And then two months, it's going to go down a little bit. Three months, it's going to go down even more. And then finally, after four months, it, the love goes down, right? Because even though I'm telling you it's going to take this long to sell your home, it doesn't matter how many times I tell you that, it starts to eat at you emotionally. And that's okay. You got to remind people that's okay. You hired me to do a job. I'm going to do the job. We're going to get through the finish line, and then we're all going to love each other again. But right here, how many people actually put it in business transaction form to the client? Very few. And it is a business transaction. It's a very important business transaction, right? And what you're coming across when what you're saying with this is this is a business transaction. You're hiring a business professional to do a business transaction. You're not hiring somebody that's just going to stab a sign in the yard, walk away, not give you weekly updates, which anybody of you with a listing should be doing, weekly updates, be proactive with your sellers, right? That avoids the whole three month later call that you don't want. You're getting across to somebody, I am a business person that is gonna handle your business transaction, because that's important. Because I mean, you guys have all, most of you have been through a transaction, right? There's a lot of craziness that goes on in a transaction, a lot of legal stuff, a lot of jargon, um, this kind of, you know, somebody wants this instead of this. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to go through. It's a business transaction. And the more you can make them feel that way, it makes you look as the competent business person to handle it, right? Not just, oh, yeah, I'll list your house because I'm your neighbor. I had that one in Grand Dunes. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Guy was in shorts in a Grand Dunes house. That was a neighbor listing a house, right? So when it does expire, one of you needs to go up there and say, you know what? I'm going to handle your business transaction. Would you agree that the sale of your home is a very important business transaction? Then would you also agree that you need to make a business decision by hiring the best qualified real estate professional for getting the home sold? Obviously, this is great for what? What situation? You could do a listing, yep. Expireds, FISBOs, again, these are why they're universal. They work almost anywhere. You're just out and about chatting with somebody and they're like, you know, wanting to sell the house, just not sure, blah, blah, you know, I mean, you can use these, again, almost anywhere. Yeah. Would you agree that the, that this, you know, that purchasing a home is a very important business transaction? It is. It's a very important transaction. You wouldn't know by looking at some of the contracts we deal with here. Half the things aren't even filled out. So if you're going to talk the talk, you also have to walk the walk, right? And take them through the process. So again, you're starting off the universal response on the left. You have two options there. You're going to move over. And again, this is going to be a fluid thing, whichever route you go, but you have to practice these. Keep going with them. So you'll notice the tie downs are very simple because a tie down needs to be simple. This shouldn't be long. You're trying to get a response. Here's where you're actually trying to get them to say something and agree with you, right? So isn't that what you really want? Or isn't that what you really need? 
right? Assuming that they might have said something like, you know, we're trying to sell the house to move back to New York, right? So you're kind of getting back right at them. Like, isn't that what you really want? Tie that to the last one we just did in the second column. So would you agree that the sale of your home is a very important business transaction? Then would you also agree that you need to make a business decision by hiring the best qualified real estate professional for getting the home sold? Isn't that what you really want? See, you're just tying them right in. And again, when you start practicing these 10 seconds, this whole thing will be done. Wouldn't that be best for you? What did we talk about last week? The sales never do what? Never apologize as one and never tell anybody anything. Ask questions. Notice these are mostly questions. You want to ask questions. If you, you want the right answers, you got to ask the right questions. Wouldn't that be best for you? Wouldn't that be best for you and your family? If they have family, always tie the family in. Always tie the family in. You know this because you've, you've dealt with this in your professional career. Family is a very strong motivator for somebody to do something. So your tie downs, they're quick. And again, you gotta, when you're saying these things in a confident way, right? Isn't that what you really want? Isn't that what you really need? Last one, we're gonna reconnect with their motivation. Sales 101, who's the big sale? I can't remember him. We have some of his books at the office. Zig Ziglar talks all about reconnecting with people's motivation at all times. You always gotta bring it back to what's their motivation. So the first one are saying, you do need to be in blank by blank, don't you? Scott, you're dealing with this right now, aren't you? Let's just say they said two months, right? So you do need to be in Rhode Island within the next two months, don't you? You're reconnecting to them. Get their purpose, right? Because we all know this, sellers are emotional people, right? So are buyers. You, but by doing this, you're reconnecting with that original emotion as to why they need to do what they asked you to do, right? So you do need to be in Rhode Island within two months, don't you? You always want to bring back that emotion. It calms them down. Actually, when people get a little bit excited or a little bit, you know, on edge, it kind of refocuses them. Like, what's the real goal here? What are we really trying to do here? You do want to get your family a bigger home, don't you? That's if somebody's moving up. If somebody's moving down, you did say you want to downsize, didn't you? Right? Whatever it is that they're doing, just tie it right back in. Whatever they first told you when you first met them, right? People will typically, if you ask the right questions when you meet somebody the first time, they're going to tell you the motivation. I would hope. Here's one right now. This was this is exactly what I tried this morning on this guy and didn't really work. Didn't get the appointment with him, but you know, you do need to cash out, don't you? Now, you can say cash out, you can say a lot of things. But what's going on in Market Common right now, which is a little bit nutty? Home values, right? How does something go from 330 one year, 6 months later it's 380? That sparked the neighbor to sell because they wanted to do what? Cash out. This guy in Monarch sees, hey man, the neighbor just sold for 410. He's, what's he thinking about? Cashing out. We don't have a market that's usually susceptible to that, but in certain blocks, you know, it will happen. So if you have somebody, like this is powerful for those of you that are gonna be targeting some market common communities, right? Because what, you know, you wanna get an appointment, right? We have that script for that. Wasn't sure if you were aware. But I just put so-and-so's home under contract for $380,000, which is $50,000 more than it was going for last year. Would it be worth 10 to 15 minutes of your time to find out what your home would sell for in today's market? What are you really hitting at? Their motivation, right? You want to hit the nerve. Which nerve are you going after? That's why we did all that research as far as knowing your market, your subdivisions, because you want to know exactly what nerve 
to hit. You're right, when we have that, we're gonna go over that script as far as getting buyers off the fence here, right? By using interest rates. Here you're gonna use home value. I mean, think about the reserve is a great example, right? How long has the reserve been complete? About two, three years? If you go to tax records, I can tell you right now what everybody paid for those houses between 290 and 310. And now they're selling for what? 380? Park Place will be done in about a year and a half. So with that buyer, with the rates where they are, you're going to hit them right in the nerve. You're going to save, well, on a $300,000 house, you're going to save $65,000 by purchasing now over the life of that loan. Know your needle. And he's this person's walking right into equity. They really are. And this is unfortunate that John, John didn't say it. The sales manager did. It's not really supposed to be under $300,000. But we pounced on it. You said it. So now you need to honor it. Not that we want to twist John's arm. He's a nice guy. Right? But when he said that, I had asked him before I left that thing. I said, which one of your houses is under $300,000? He's like, she misspoke. And then Jean had a client. I was like, oh, no, you go right at him and say, yeah, because she doesn't know that, right? Unless I had told her. You go right in. Yeah, John, I got a client here, man. And I know you got one under 300000 That's exactly where they need to be. Which one is it? Uh, yeah. What are they going to do? Not have a sale? Trust me. They'll make it happen. They'll make it happen. He just has to call the sales manager and say, this is your fault. Really, it was. So add on the very bottom there, we're going to put a couple closes. First one, there's only two of them, and they really kind of piggyback off of each other. Write this down verbatim. Perfect. When would be the best time for us to meet? I added this because I felt like it should have been part of what they had taught. But. And then in the second box, write this. Would tonight at blank or tomorrow at blank be best? What did I do right there? Gave them two options. Always give people two options and always have the options. Don't let them dictate to you when they'll meet because it'll never happen. You want to say, great, would tonight at 6 or tomorrow at 5.30 be better? And I'm telling you, I've been studying this stuff now for, I don't know, almost a month. To hear the master do this, when you hear it on an actual phone call, almost backs himself into an appointment every time. But you always want to give two times, two options. Yeah, now if they do say, well, well, I, well, I can do Wednesday at 12, are you going to say, nope, that's not, no, of course you're going to, you, you're going to show up. And don't get hung up. As you guys get into this and you become more skilled at sales, here's one thing that, you know, that, I've, that I've also learned from this group out there is that so many agents are so afraid, right? Let's just say you were prospecting today and you actually got right to that close. Perfect. When would be the best time for us to meet? What, tonight at 6 or tomorrow at 5.30 be better? And they say, no, tonight at 6. They freak out because it's the same day. Like, oh my God, what am I supposed to do? Don't overcomplicate this. All right, we're gonna talk about what you should actually have on you at all times, because this might happen. This might be within an hour. You're out at a ball field just talking to somebody, right? No, no, can you come by in a couple hours? Are you gonna say no? Of course you're gonna say yes. And that's why if you're going after expired, you better know what you're talking about up front, because that can happen. We've had it happen. We've had agents invited, you were one of them, weren't you? Right in the door. Now you're on the hot seat. Now, would Gene have said, no, I'd rather come back tomorrow at 5? No, because what happened if you did that? You lost the listing. They've, they're in a list with somebody else. So let's talk about what happens when you're on the spot. Let's talk about what you do and do not need on a regular basis. For a listing appointment, what do you need? You only need three things. Number one, your marketing material. 
What's in your marketing material? We all have we have the seller packets at the office, right? They have the 360 stuff. I mean, you know what they are. You've got the Y list with us. You have the 360 service guarantee. Uh, you might want some real living, real answer stuff in there, depending on what you're dealing with with that client. If they're downsizing, have the brochure on downsizing. If they have pets or children have to move, have those with you, right? But the basics, you're just your basic marketing material. You're always going to have the insider on you. So number one, your marketing material. Number two. What's their competition, right? Because if you get in front of somebody, do you really give a damn what sold six months ago? No. I care about what are we competing with at the same time they're looking at your house. So pull the actives. Now, when, is, when do comps make sense to have? There are certain parts of the Grand Strand where it's going to be hard for you to get you know, anything else near it. So at that point, yes, you need to pull comps. How long should pulling comps take? Two minutes. This is very simple. Third thing you need, contract with their name pre-filled. You attack an expired, could you already know their name? Of course you can, it's on the tax record. Would I do that? Probably not. You're just gonna waste the paper if they don't sign. So, But if you have an appointment, you pre-fill it. But you always have contracts on you. So here's what I would do. You should have 20 packets on you at all times as an agent, because you never know when you're going to need them. I don't even care if you get one of those like old milk crates in your car, man, just pack them in there, right? So if, if boom, if you're on the phone with somebody and they say, yeah, you can come over today, you, you know, at 5.30, the only thing, your marketing material is already in the packet. All you have to do, right, your contract's already in there. So what do you really have to do? Go get what it's competing with. Go get the, the comparables, the competition. That's it. And then you are ready to go. How long would it take you to master the, uni the universal responses? Really? A couple days if you practice it. But when you're practicing these, practice your voice, the pauses, the inflections, because that matters when you're on the phone with somebody or if you're in front of somebody. It doesn't matter. Your confidence will come through in how you speak. Just reading it out, not to pick on Jay here, but like the first one he read, like he just read it. But he didn't know, you know, he didn't know. I didn't tell him to, you know, to read it as if he was in front of a client. But yeah, you can't read things like that. It's got to feel powerful. You, you're trying to get across authority, expertise in everything you say with somebody. So let's go to the next one. Some of you already have this one. This is a powerful script. And again, you might need to tweak this. The increased value and decreased days on the market. Those of you that gave me subdivisions that have increased values and decreased days on the market have a gold mine, a gold mine sitting in front of you. That's not often that that happens. So again, you're just gonna keep it simple. Hi, this is Kevin with Real Living Home Realty Group. I wasn't sure if you were aware, underline the word aware. And what do you wanna do after the word aware? Pause. Not too long, because you don't want them to speak, but you want them to be geared up like, what was I not aware of? Nobody likes to feel like they're out of the loop, right? You just made them feel like they're out of the loop. So now they're waiting for you to put them in the loop. I wasn't sure if you were aware, but homes in the Pines of St. James right now are selling for over $25,000 compared to last year's prices and are selling 30 days less time or whatever you need to do to tweak that. When you have both, use both. Would it be worth 10 to 15 minutes of your time to find out what your home would sell for in today's market? It's simple. Whenever you ask me what the first, the first contact is, I mean, I'm always going to say it's over here. I'm not saying don't do that. That's fine. Now, 
we're gonna, I'm gonna talk to you about the emails. Now here's what I would do, because I gave you guys the email addresses that I had for those subdivisions. Would I email into everybody at one time with something generic about the property values? Yes, I would. Soften them. Now they've seen the name, if they opened it, right? They saw the logo, they saw info. Now, remember what I said about emails too. It's very important in your subject line to tie in the subdivision to get them to open it, right? So if you're, if you're doing the Pines of St. James, your heading on that subject line needs to say, Pines of St. James, values increased tremendously. Something along those lines. Get them to click it open, right? Because if you just say, what's your home worth? You know, you put what's your home's worth, nobody's gonna open that email. You hit it right where their subdivision is, they're gonna probably open the email. Homes in Waterbridge, moving in record time. I'll open that if I live in Waterbridge tie in the subdivision on the email subject line. You have to. Just do whatever you have to to hit the number. And you're gonna practice this. I mean, you throw one out there and you don't get any kind of response. Now again, you might not get a response at all anyways. All you're trying to get them to do is open it because you plan on going right back in and prospecting in that neighborhood. You just want them to recognize the name and the logo. Then they're not gonna remember your name, right? Get the logo, right? You're, you know, so when you say who you are and where you're from, it's like, oh yeah, they might have just sent me something. Those of you that are doing that wireless with us project, I mean, that's exactly the people you would be calling. Right in, right behind those things. Would I do it the same day? No, right? You have to have a strategy for, for prospecting. You're not gonna sit there and send a mail, call them the same day, and then email them all on the same day. I mean, that's, don't do that. So increased value versus decreased days on the market. Now, if you need to tweak this, right? Let's just say you got the value, but you don't have the days on the market. Are you going to promote the days on the market? No. no. What if you don't have the values or the days on the market? and you want to prospect a neighborhood. You can do it just sold. But I'm actually working on a script exactly for that where you don't have either. And we're gonna tie it into marketing and the importance of marketing in that neighborhood, right? Because if they're not moving, what matters to those people right now? Marketing, getting it moved, yeah. So there, I'm developing a script and I'll, hand, I'll probably have it this week to you guys that really, again, you're trying to hit the needle right where it hurts, right? They know that homes aren't moving in this neighborhood. So you wanna go in as the person that's gonna get it to move due to marketing, that we market homes better than anybody else. So there's always an answer, right? Don't, don't just look at the data and say, well, I'm not gonna do the subdivision, and, you know, they're, no, no, go, go, go take it on. But you just gotta know how you're taking it on, right? And this is why it's different from what the people like Harrelson do, because they're not, they're just calling up, you wanna sell your house? You wanna sell your house? You wanna sell, you know, they're on robo-dial. Remember what I said, in order to ask for something, you need to give them, give them something. You're giving them data. I'm giving them information on the subdivision, all right? Even in your email, you're giving them information, all right? Just keep that in mind. You're always giving something in order to get something back. So you guys have that one. Now let's talk about a current renter. I'm actually closing at the end of this month. My buddy Dylan, who lives in the Vinings with me, just purchased a home out in Carolina Forest. My neighbor right below me, who our dogs play together, comes to me and wanna buy a house. The guy on the other side of my development, same building, right? Wants to buy a house. Why are renters leaving in droves right now? Well, the Vinings is one reason, right? They've been on the news a little bit too much. But in general, but that's a great niche too. I mean, hell, if you're on the news, the cops are there twice in three days. That's a, somebody should have put a freaking campaign in there, man. Like, hey, time to get out of the crazy? I mean, just whatever. But, um, but why are renters coming in in droves right now? It's more affordable, the interest rates. 
four and a half percent. So if you're talking to somebody, a buyer who, you know, or somebody that's just on the fence, you know, that interest rate script I gave you, which is what this is, is very, very powerful because you're putting something in what? Perspective. Here's the reality. Most people know it's cheaper to buy than to rent. That's all they know though. Because nobody has led them to put it in perspective as for like why you should, right? Last December, how many of us thought the rates were going up? Everybody. Because that, that's what everybody was telling us. Oh, rates are going up. They're going up. Here we are, almost June. They're down almost a full point versus December. Uh, what is the prime rate right now? 4.25. Everybody said it would be upwards of five and a half to six by now, right? So that's a powerful motive. And this would be, if personally, if I was a practicing agent, I'd be on a video with this all day long. I'd be on a video boosting this out there, explaining because you're putting it in perspective. Again, this whole script is meant to put something in perspective. So here you just to say, hi, this is Kevin with Real Living Home Realty Group. I know you were recently in the market to rent, but wasn't sure if you heard the news. Again, what did I just do? Everybody needs to know everything, right? When you make somebody feel like they're, they're not informed about something, they go crazy. They do, because nobody wants to be out of the loop. That's why we use words like, I, didn't sure, I wasn't sure if you were aware. Well, what, what am I not aware of, right? Everybody, everybody has that need, except for me. I'd probably be like, the hell, I don't care. But I don't watch the news anyways, yeah, so. But, but it doesn't even need to be news. Like just, just think about like celebrity gossip. I mean, my God, you know, people have to know everything, right? You know, I mean, what happened to the, what's uh, the Kardashians? Yeah, what happened to them? Who cares? But it doesn't matter. Everybody, they do care, right? Even if they tell you they don't care, they really want to know, right? Even if they say, oh, I hate the Kardashians, they're still going to say, well, what happened? Right? So that's why you use these words. That's why you use these questions. So hi, this is Kevin with Real Living Home Realty Group. I, was, I know you were recently in the market to rent, but wasn't sure if you'd heard the news. And you're going to stop. You're going to pause. Now, are you going to let them answer there? No. You're going to pause, but you're going to go right back in. You don't want them to talk yet. Okay? The less they talk, the better. So I wasn't sure if you'd heard the news. Interest rates are down almost a full point since December which means an average savings of over $45,000 over the life of the loan. And I work with lenders that can get you approved for as little as 3% down. Now the $45,000, that is based on the, the sale price of the home. So you pick your sweet spot as far as what you want. A $300,000 house is actually $65,000. And guys, just do the math. I mean, you know, just get a financial calculator, mortgage calculator and do the math. What else? Now, there was a couple different variations of this one because you got to know how you want to tie it in or tweak it to somebody. There was another one that said, you know, if I could get you a free weeks of free weeks worth of groceries every month for the next 30 years, would that pique your interest? So if you're dealing with a family, that might hit the nerve better. You pick what, you know, what, what works based on who you're talking to. If you're talking to a single dude, then no, you don't want to say that, right? You hit him with the, hit him in the wallet. Right? I did this to the people living right below me when I was sitting there talking to them about, are you pre-approved yet? And, you know, and then I had to reinforce to them. I said, well, I mean, I think it's really smart what you're doing because here's what you're going to save over the life of the loan with the interest rates where they are right now. I created the sense of urgency for them. And if you have a buyer on the fence or somebody that you're dealing with that's a little bit wacky right now and that's not enough motivation for them to buy, then you don't have a buyer. You don't. If they're, if they're, will, if they're willing, able to buy right now, and that doesn't motivate them, you don't really have a buyer. Because what else are you going to wait for? Four and a half percent. It ain't going any, I mean, I should, I can't say that's not going lower, but let's just say the odds are it's not going much lower.
So use it to your advantage. Use it. It is probably the most powerful driving force you have right now to go after buyers with and sellers because all sellers have to do what? So why is this advantageous for sellers? Not just because they have to buy, but because people want to buy. Yeah, look, the rates are down. Buyers are coming in the market like crazy. So it's a great time, you know, it's a great time for us to get your house on the market and then you can reap the rewards by buying at a low rate for your next property. It works both ways. Do rents ever go down, by the way? No, rents have never gone down. That's why those of you that want to invest in real estate, I highly recommend you do it because rents never go down, right? But for those of you trying to get buyers out of it, hit that nerve. You, I would even send out a postcard that says this, when, when was the last time your rent went down? And guys, this doesn't have to be a postcard. Don't even go creating something crazy here. Just put it on a piece of freaking paper and mail it in there. Same, same, same effect. When's the last time your rent went down? And then tie it right back into the rates. That's unfortunate because right now rates are down. And then here's how much you'll save. You got to put things in perspective. They know the rates are down instinctively. People know, yes, rates are down. Yes, I know I'll save money, but nobody, where most people don't, they don't connect the dots with people. You want to connect the dots and hit them emotionally and say, hey, this is why you need to make this move right now. If you have clients right now, buyers, that are two to three years out and you're not hitting them with that script, you're missing an opportunity. Trust me, if they got the credit, there's a way to get them out, all right? There are ways, but again, you have to get you have to get creative and you have to decide if this buyer is serious enough for you to have to go through all that process of being creative, right? I mean, because when they have the credit but they don't have the down payment, there's only so many options you got, right? Which means it's going on the seller. Because again, your job is to lead them because when I have these random conversations with people, it, it comes right back to me again. They don't know what they're doing. We assume a lot of people know what they're doing. They, we get pissed off, right, when they come in and they're not pre-approved. They don't know the process. They don't know the steps. You have to, to lead them through the steps. One of the biggest things I see as far as unsuccessful open houses is, is where, we, where I hear agents say, well, you know, had a good bit of traffic, but nobody wanted to, you know, talk any further about it is because what a lot of agents do at an open house is you're telling them about the house. Remember what I told you before? Stop telling people anything. Ask questions. Is this the kind of home you're looking for? Boom, you open it right up. Don't, and don't be too, don't, did you like the house? You know, you, you want them to, you know, that's a yes or no. We, you know, we want more engagement. Is this the type of home you're looking for? No, nah, it really doesn't suit our needs. Well, what, what, what kind of aspects of a home are you looking for? Because I have access to a lot of other properties. I can certainly narrow it down. Ask questions. A lot of you want to jump on people when they first walk through the door. Don't do that. Let people go through the house. I always say, get them on the turn. You know, they came through the front door. They have to leave through the front door. So get them before they leave, but let them have the time to go and examine the home. All right, now that's in your typical home. Obviously, if you're in a different type of, of home or a high-end property, you might need to be there to explain the features, things like that. There's more in-depthness to it, but generally, when you're trying to get contacts in an open house, it's by asking questions. That's the art of sales, asking good questions. It really is. We talked about what you need for a listing appointment, and we kind of just touched on buyers. I'm going to tell you, here's the process with buyers. Some of you that took the Buffini class, some of this was going to sound familiar. Does anybody remember what Brian Buffini says about the art of working with buyers? It is a process of what? Elimination. It is not a selection process. So these steps are assuming that you do have a qualified, willing, and able buyer. I'm assuming you've gone through that step. Step number one, this is genius. 
look for houses. Remember we talked about earlier in this class, we're condensing everything, simplifying. Don't make business complicated. It is not. Look for houses. You have a willing, ready, and able buyer. Look for houses. Number two, only show them newest on the market or newest in your area. Put a big star next to this. Do not show them ugly houses. And nobody ever told me this before. When I heard it, it's actually genius. Why would you not show somebody an ugly house? Because they ain't going to buy it. And what did you just do? Waste your time. Know the days on your market. If you're in a market and the average days on the market is 90 days and you see a house that's on there for 300 days, don't even show it. There's a reason it's on the market for 300 days. Narrow down what you're showing people. Remember, Buffini, eliminate. You're eliminating for them. They don't even know you're eliminating. You're, but you're guiding them down a different path here. First time around, you're going to show them only the newest stuff on the market or newest within your area that they're, or their area that they're looking in. Because remember, if you've already gone out, you've already eliminated what? Areas. If somebody tells you they don't know if they want Pauly's or Little River, are you going to get in the car with them? No. Does everybody remember how I handled that and actually had somebody put a deal in anyways? I sent them out there. Never ever got in a car with these people. And they still felt compelled to call me and say, we're putting a deal over at Bella Vita. Can you still help us? Yes, I can. I gave them a clipboard. I gave them a bunch of my business cards. I explained to them, I want you to go into every house in Little River you can. That's held open, National Builders. And if you want to be left alone, just show my business card because it's like garlic to a vampire. I made them go out and do the work because they're going to do it anyways, guys. Guess what? When they're not with you, what are they doing? Looking. So they're doing it anyways. So keep top of mind with them. But if they don't know if they want Pulleys versus Little River, there is no sense in you getting in the car, going and driving all over to Grand Strand for that. We need to eliminate first. Then they come back and say, yeah, we drove up there. We just, eh, no, we want to be closer to Charleston. Perfect. I know exactly where we got to look now. We're in Pulleys. Maybe Merle's. That's better than here. You went down there. Number three, call the listing agent. I know some of you are already thinking, you can never get the listing agent. Call them anyways. Call them until you get them. I wish I had learned that lesson dealing with one person. Lisa Newman dealt with the same person. Call the listing agent. When you get the listing agent, now notice I'm telling you, don't talk to the secretary. Do not talk to the assistant. Do not talk to a team member. Talk to the listing agent. Ask them these questions. Is it available? Number one, are there offers? Number two, Number three, if there is an offer, what's the highest offer? Now, right now, a lot of you are probably thinking to yourselves, they're never going to tell me that information. Guess what? If you come across with confidence and you ask questions in the right way, yes, they will give you this information. You want to create a rapport with the listing agent. You want to come across as being in command. That's why you're asking these questions, whether he tells you them or not. You're being an authoritative figure here, a leader, but you're, you're representing a buyer here. All right. the, whole, the whole point of these scripts, the whole reason this company is so successful is because they attack the market. They're not passive. They're not going to wait for the listing agent to get back to them. All right? I did that once. It took me a week and a half. Be proactive. Show strength. Show confidence. Call them. I don't care if they don't answer the questions. Ask them the questions anyways. Because then they know down the road if they deal with you again, this person I should take seriously because they're on it. I mean, imagine you're in your car right now. Hey, this is so-and-so with Real Living Home Real. Is this property available? Great. Are there any offers? Okay, what's the highest offer, right? I'm not giving them a lot of time and I'm speaking forcefully and quickly. 
because I'm just getting across, you know, because what is he thinking now or she? I got a live one. Exactly. You're just making them feel like, wow, because what's their job? To sell the house. And if they really think you have a live one, they're going to answer these questions, whether they should or not. All right. Last one. What do I need to come in at to get this under contract today? Because here's, here's, here's the game played that never made any sense to me with, in real estate, right? Buyer's agents. I don't get them. They get paid off the same price of the house as the seller, yet they want to negotiate it down as low as they can. Are you in the business to make money? Then why in the world are you trying to chop your commission down by being unreasonable with offers? It makes zero sense. And yet every buyer's agent out there does it. What do I need to come in at to get this under contract today? Now again, will they answer that question? They might and might not. Be assertive and ask questions. Do it. I'm telling you. You, you, you want to get the home sold for the highest amount possible. Now, a lot of times this is not going to pertain to our market, again, because we don't really deal with a lot of multiple offers here, right? But remember what I told you about knowing your market. When we know that, you also know when somebody does this to you that what? They're full of it. So when we deal with people at the Harrelson Group, this is their script. We already know what they're going to say. So if you call Abe Safa, which you're never going to get, He's going to have multiple offers on every property. He's got 45 listings right now. They all have multiple offers. And they've all been in the market for 150 days. We're going to miraculously believe that there's just multiple offers. All right, you, that's why you have to know your market, right? That's why you have to, and you have to be able to call BS when BS is present. Now, at the end of the day, is it your call though? No, you work for the client. Client tells you, I don't want to fight it, and they raise the price. You have, you're there to aid and assist your client with the best information. I can go to my client and say, look, He's, you know, it's 200,000. We came in at 180. He's telling me there's multiple offers. All right. It's been on the market for 150 days. I personally do not believe it's been on that there are multiple offers. But at the end of the day, it's your decision because you work for the, for the buyer on that, at that point. Right. So you're advising them. But what happens if you, if you give them that advice, you don't go up any higher and then you find out there were multiple offers. Right. And I had this happen in Cypress River Plantation, the same exact script. This was BRG. You guys got to study these agents that you deal with. You got to study these agents that you deal with, right? So I already know Abe Safa's MO, it's down, all right? I know Brendan Payne's down, right? I can almost go through the list of Harrelson Group people, right? BRG, I forget her name, but I did the same thing. I asked about a house, $550,000 house, been on the market 200-something days, right? Because if it goes above, above 350 here, what happens to days on the market? They go way up. I already know as a professional that the high-end market does not move that quick, but yet miraculously there's multiple offers on this house in Cypress River Plantation. Okay, done. I get a call the next day. Oh, those fell through. How blatantly ignorant can you be, right? But that's knowing your market. You have to be able to call this and you have to be able to work on your buyer's behalf. Again, I'm not all for low-balling offers. I don't agree with it, actually. At the end of the day, as a buyer's agent, you're there to make money. Why would you cut your commission? If the house is worth that, you, yes, you want to fight for your buyer, but you don't want to be unrealistic. But if you know the house is worth $300,000 and you have people that want to put in two twenty, dollars that, that's not a real buyer, in my opinion. That's an investor or somebody, then they don't really need you to do that, right? I mean, I, I haven't actually told somebody that recently. I said, you don't need an agent. Just go, go call the listing agent and lowball them. What, what are you going to waste my time for? You will get a stigma attached to you in this market if you do that. Don't do it. Um, that's just my opinion. Don't do it. If you, those type of buyers, go ahead, go somewhere else. And if you don't, you're going to learn on the first offer. You're going to be like, what? You, you want to offer what? You know, and, and personally, if it was too low, I wouldn't even do it. I'd say, I'm sorry, I can't represent you. You need to go someplace else.
Investors are not the greatest people to work with in real estate. But most investors like me want to get something for 60 to 70 cents on the dollar. Do you know how many offers you're going to have to make to get that? About 100. It ain't worth your time. So you want to know who you're dealing with and you want to know if they're a serious investor, what is their strategy? What are they doing? You know, if, if they tell you, that, well, I want to put 100 offers and I hope to get one, you don't need me for that. You can go do that yourself. So when you're actually showing properties to a willing and able buyer, obviously you're going to print out the MLS for the houses you're looking at. Take, write down all the notes that you know about the property. You're going through the property and you show it. This is very similar to what Brian Buffini says, right? So how bad do you like this property, right? There's only one of two responses, eh, or no, I really want this one. So if they're kind of like, eh, that's fine. You just say that's fine. If that is so, if that's so, then let's not waste our time. Let's go find you the one that's just right for you. But what will you find half the time when you say that? When they go, eh, and you say, that's fine. Let's get out of here and go find the one that's right for you. What are they going to say? Well, well, either it's, you know, either they're going to say, yeah, I agree. Or they're going to be like, well, you know, I don't know. You know, they probably like it more than they're letting on. So you have an active, you have a willing and able buyer in a house you're showing, right? I'm going to deviate from Intero's scripts here and use Brian Buffini's. Does anybody remember what Brian Buffini's questions are? You're going to ask the three questions. Does this house meet your needs? Could you see yourself living here? Is this the home you want to make an offer on? Here's where most buyer's agents fail. You never even ask for the sale and you're a salesperson. If you don't ask for the sale at every house you show, you're just a chauffeur and you didn't get paid to be a chauffeur. Now, obviously, if the answer to any of those two questions is no, you're not asking for the sale. But if they say, yeah, no, it just does fit it. Yeah, we could see ourselves. Is this the home you want to make an offer on today? And this is where knowing data comes into report, right? Because you've already called the listing agent. Now, maybe they gave some info. Maybe they didn't. Let's just say they didn't give you any info. Don't know if there's any offers. Don't know blah, 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 anything, right? This is where knowing your info matters. Well, Joe and Sally, just so you know, this has been on the market for about 119 days, and it's averaged about 135 here. This one's priced right. So if you want to make an offer, I suggest we do it soon because it's probably not going to be on the market much longer. Create the sense of urgency when you ask for the sale. I've, I've done some open houses before, and I mean, you know, and I've gone through them. I listen to people, especially in Carolina Forest. I never hear an agent ask for the sale when they have somebody that's willing and able to buy. I've had buyer's agents go through my sister's place. Never ask for the sale. You're just, showing, you're just chauffeuring people around that. I mean, what are you out there doing? You're going to show all these houses, and then you're going to get back to the office. When at that point, they barely remember the houses. Create the sense of urgency there. Don't wait till you get back to an office or, well, we'll, we'll be out, get it on the phone tomorrow. No, you're a salesperson. Ask for the sale. Even if it's no, it's okay. You still created that sense, and you gave them information. Okay, well, it's, it's, well here we are with days on the market. Here's where the average is. We're getting close here. Right? And that's where knowing the list of sales ratio comes into play, just so you know. You know, offers are coming in, or these are closing at about 97% of asking price. So, you know, try to steer people or head off the low ball offers in the first place, right there. But the art of asking questions is key, and that's what all these scripts are all about. It's asking questions.